Hello and welcome to Two Degrees of Separation. My name is Alberto Ablanedo and I am a musician from Asturias in the north of Spain. What you're listening to is the English language version of a podcast that I normally do in Spanish. In this podcast, I normally have a chat with one of my friends or acquaintances, most of whom come from the world of music. So most of the time we talk about music. Also, most of the time we talk about traditional music, as I mostly play traditional Asturian music, but also Irish, Scottish, Breton, Galician, you know, the so-called Celtic label. I've been playing trad music for more than 18 years with several bands and done a bit of touring in places like the US, the UK, France, Italy or Switzerland, as well as, of course, Spain. And I have managed to meet quite a cast of interesting people along the way. This podcast will try to take advantage of the times I get together with some of them. One of the things that bugs me is that here in Asturias we are pretty bad as far as promoting our music outside of our country. Asturian music has been quite popular among a good number of traditional musicians in Ireland, Scotland, Brittany, but it is not easy to find a lot of information about it in English. Hopefully we'll be able to help a wee little bit uh, in that with this podcast, or at least we will try. Our guest this time is Michael Walsh, flute player from, from Manchester, England, who is currently doing research on his PhD on Asturian music. I think his perspective on Asturian music is very interesting, both as a musician as an, uh, and as an academic. I do hope you enjoy our conversation and choose to join me again when and if I manage to record more episodes in English. It's actually bound to happen at some time or another. If you speak Spanish and are interested, there are more than 20 podcasts in Spanish that you can find on iTunes, YouTube or however you might listen to your podcasts. If you have any questions about the podcast or Asturian music in general, do not hesitate to contact me on Twitter at Folkenlared, which is at F-O-L-K-E-N-L-A-R-E-D. Folk en la red. That's folk in the net or something like that. That's F-O-L-K-E-N. L-A-R-E-D-E or through Facebook at Alberto Ablanero. Enjoy the podcast. So here we are with Michael Walsh. Um, we are here recording in Cabeleño. This is a new thing that I'm trying out. So I will be butchering the language probably a hundred times before we finish. But uh, I just want to talk a little bit uh, to Michael about how you got to the music. Can you tell us a little bit uh, where you're from how, and how you got to Irish music and to music in general? Uh, thank you for inviting me to talk, Alberto. It's a pleasure. Um, I grew up in Manchester. In, uh, in England and as many people know there's a vibrant music Irish music community there there's a large Irish community has been for a couple of hundred years in particularly a mass immigration after the war to reconstruct Britain in particular and uh, my parents came over to England in the 1950s and um, when I was about nine or ten I remember my mum came home from 
a dancer at an Irish centre, a Catholic club, and said, mm-hmm. uh, we'd like to learn some Irish music. Now, my idea of Irish music, actually, in the house, was listening to country and Irish, which is a phenomenon. Mm-hmm. I, know, I know what that. Yeah, so it's, it's sort of country and western, but talking about your home ranch in Connemara or something. But it's what I grew up with initially, so that was my idea. Anyways, mum paid me uh, a vinyl album she'd bought of uh, Cayley Band. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the Cayley Band, it's at home somewhere. And... Um, I thought, oh, I really like that. And then so me and my sister went for lessons, started going for lessons. My sister wasn't keen. She dropped out, but I was mm-hmm. mad for it, as they say in Manchester. And I did the tin whistle first and played the accordion, various bits, but picked up the flute quite early on and was pretty stuck on that. So that's how I learned in Manchester at St. Wilfred's branch of Coltus, which is the Irish Musicians Association, which organises around the world. Mm-hmm. Grew up in Manchester playing in Cayley Bands, and then when I was in my teens, started going to sessions, a really vibrant scene in Manchester, loads of uh, trad sessions, loads of Celtic rock bands such as Toss of Feathers, they would have had people like Desi Donnelly and Michael McGoldrick mm-hmm. in there. Uh, and then I went off to university in Sheffield, where I now live, and uh, started playing tunes there, because there's a smaller Irish community, but quite a big, vibrant folk scene, sort of a wider folk scene, so... Uh, and then, yeah, so I played there, and then I worked professionally in local government, ran charities, worked in Ireland for a few years, uh, worked for a Manchester City football club for a few years, mm-hmm. running charity projects. Uh, and then uh, four years ago, after playing flute for a long time as a hobby, I decided uh, that I would quit my job, look that, after that, my... That's like the sensible thing to do. Yeah, well, yeah, I had an <laughs> opportunity to, to stop work, uh, look after my children, play music and study um, and the obvious thing would be to study Irish music and particularly the Irish community in Manchester in which I worked actually as a community worker for many years and was involved in lots of cultural projects um, but I decided to do a story music Yeah, that's, that's what particularly interests me because you know we are now in Asturias yes. and uh, there's not uh, many times that you find someone who has an int- a, a really... Uh, an interest to, to the degree that you have. Yes. Because there's lots of, uh, especially among musicians, there's lots of interest uh, for traditional Asturian music, mm. but you don't really uh, find people trying to write a PhD. No, no. I think you've got one rare exception. You've got Simon Bradley. Okay. As everyone, but he's, every he's, time, I know he's a musician, and, and, and hello, he's Simon, adopted. if you're listening. He's yeah. adopted. He's, yeah. he's Asturian now. Yeah, and the first few times I came to Asturias, I said, do you know Simon Bradley? Yeah. I've never actually met, but we're going to meet in the summer <laughs> at some point. So hello, Simon. <laughs> Um, uh, how I came about with story music was a few years ago a friend of mine sent me a CD of Tejador uh, the Tejador is it the Sueño yeah the first one beautiful uh, I think it was produced by Phil Cunningham it has the wonderful Michael McGoldrick from Manchester mm-hmm. so there is a Manchester link there which made it very accessible uh, fantastic music and I thought oh I love that and Chus Pedro in particular mm-hmm. his version of Chalonero in fact, at my wedding a couple of years ago, uh, all my friends played barreling as we came down mm-hmm. the aisle at the end. So story music is very important to me. So I grew to love it. And uh, my link to a story then was I was walking along the Camino to Santiago a few mm-hmm. years ago when I was thinking about what I was going to do next before I quit the job. And I walked along with an American man called Zach. Hello, Zach. And uh, while we were walking, he met his wife, who was from Asturias, okay. called Paula. Hello, Paula. And uh, so... They fell in love and uh, got married and ended up living in Astorius. And I came to their wedding and I gave my speech at the wedding, which was very good. <laughs> no one seemed to know who Dolly Parton was, but that's another story. Uh, and uh, I was wandering around Ariondas, where mm-hmm. the wedding was, and I heard some piping music. And I thought, oh, I'll follow that. 
uh, and I followed it and I found a bar called Tasker Maya. Tasker Maya, yes. and Fran. Mm-hmm. Wagner, 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 yeah, you know. and uh, it was great. And I walked in, and I was like, "Oh, great, great bar." And then behind the bar was a lad called Sershu mm-hmm. Lawathis, the piper and flute player. Got a chance him, and he said, "Where are you from?" And I said, "From Manchester." And they went, "Oh, no, Manchester." Everyone who likes trad music seems to know Manchester because of Michael Goldie, yeah, John we, Kelly, and we all know that. Yep. Just so not not for anything else. Man, Man United is not relevant Man, for us, United but but Michael McGoldrick is. He is very important. He, so it's actually it, true. Yes. If you ask me anything about soccer, I know nothing. Well, funnily enough, I don't know much about soccer, even though I work for a professional soccer club. But anyways, <laughs> that's another story. But yeah, so I heard that. So they said, "Oh, he played the flute." So um, so she went and got a flute, and then played a few tunes, and then they said, "Why don't you come back later on?" And uh, so we went back later on in the evening. And, Fran played his pipes and then there were some other pipers turned up and I think there was a drummer from Italy somewhere and it was, we had a great night and um, shame that bar's not there anymore and uh, that was it I just thought wow this is amazing I love this music and I was fascinated by it so I started collecting some music and uh, buying CDs and listening to it and then when I came to a choice about what I was going to do me do my uh, when I was going to do my PhD um, there was a few things I wanted to spend time in Asturias mm-hmm. one thing uh, I like it here. It rains a lot, which is like Manchester, so it suits me. It's warm and it rains. That's fantastic. The culture is <laughs> amazing. Warm, the tunes are brilliant. It's not r- exactly what you would call warm. At least <laughs> not for uh, our standards. But it's, it is for a pink-skinned Irish Mancunian. Okay, I'm, I'm a white-skinned Spaniard. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so uh, music was great. Traditional music, folk or Celtic, uh, Celtic, whatever you want to call it. And um, food was great, loved the mountains, and I um, made a list and thought, this is what I want to do. So, <clears throat> And there was already someone doing a PhD on second-generation Irish in Manchester <laughs> called Sven. Hello, Sven, if you're listening. So he, uh, he, he blocked your path that uh, way. No, actually, no, I was glad <laughs> because there's, there's two ways of approaching something like that. You can be uh, from an outsider's perspective, which is very useful, or you can be an insider's. And the insider thing can be really good because you see stuff that no one else sees, but sometimes you're blind to certain things if you're right, if mm-hmm. it's right in front of you. Um, so I'm glad Sven's doing it. He's taking a great approach. So I decided that I would do a story, and there's a lot of PhDs about Ireland and Irish music, and not many about stories. Yeah. None that I know There's two or three. Two or three. There is, there is, so I've come across now, and there's obviously the fantastic Dorian. Um, doing his so um, that was my list and I went to the university in Sheffield to the music department and uh, didn't have an official background in music couldn't read music because I grew up listening learning by ear Um, in the traditional way yeah I have a master's degree but not in music and um, so I had to go away and do my music exams my grades learn how to read music and I had to sit with all these other ten year olds doing my grades in a school one summer uh, and uh, so I did that and that was absolutely fine and then I was able to evidence that I could do the PhD and uh, I applied and I got in and uh, I'm doing it part time and I self fund and I teach privately as well and I teach at the university now as well so I teach flute and whistle so that's how it came about and I'm doing it at Sheffield uh, I've got a really vibrant folk uh, a music department and a folk section and I've got um, my supervisor is Simon Keegan Phipps, who's an English specialist around English and nationalism. And my other supervisor is Faye Heald, who's a fantastic folk singer. If anyone wants to look her up, she's got a couple of records on Topic Records. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so 
uh, worth listening to. So I've got some English background, a few couple of Irish musicians, Northumbrian specialist, Korean. So I'm the only one who's doing a story. And the other thing I had to do is go away and learn Spanish. Mm-hmm, Speaking in English, thank you very much for letting <coughs> me do this, but it's essential, so... Um, uh, yeah, the thing is here, no, not many people speak English. I, I am actually, I, I studied to be a half a degree in English because I wanted to be a, a, an English teacher. Not that I'm succeeding very well in that, but, but I'm using it for, for other things. So. Well, your English so is perfectly clear. You've yeah. a great friend to me in the last few years since we've met, so thank you very much for introducing me to people. Um, That's the thing I do. I, I, I make people meet people. Yeah. And then they all remember me like, hey, he's a cool guy. He's a cool guy. Well, we, our connection was through musicians in Sheffield that mm-hmm. came to Cabalén. Yeah, that's great because I, 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 one of the things that I would do with this podcast when I do it in Spanish is I, li- I love the way that you end up meeting people that are like, they, they, they seem to be really far away. Yeah. And I'm very interested in the connection that, that gets you to that people. Yes. So, so uh, in my, from my recollection, so uh, Lau came to play here with Chris River. Right. And he was, he knew Martin Hardwood. Yeah, Hardwood, yeah. And uh, Kath. And Kath, yeah. Yes. And they were the ones t- who told you to come here or to talk to me, yes, maybe. Yes, they said. Uh, th- that's they, what, that's they played what? me Twender's tri- uh, mm-hmm. trio CD, the first one, which I still haven't got. I've got two and a three. If anyone's got a spare one, I'd love it. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll look then, into that. Yes. And then uh, they said, speak to Al- Alberto. So I got in contact with you and. The rest is history. Yeah, I'm, and I'm always very interested in making Asturian people mm, and Asturian music known outside of, of Spain. Because yeah. it's quite difficult because we're very, very, very lousy at, at marketing ourselves. Yeah, I it's, think. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a secret. It's a secret, but it's a secret that we don't want to be a secret. Right, yeah, I don't want it to be a secret. I want to, to Asturian music to be known and then me and other people, of course, can go yeah. and play outside. I've been... Yes. I've been uh, a couple of times to to Scotland. I, I, I've played in England once, and I've played. And, and most people here, they, they uh, it's it's difficult because when uh, I think when especially musicians learn about Asturian music, they find it uh, interesting. It's like the same, but it's new. Yeah, I think there's a few things which is part of my PhD consideration. <laughs> there's a few things going on in terms of. Well, number one, people don't know where Asturias is in general, unless they're mountain That's climbers um, or really, into it, really, really into the music. Or they've gone, who's this Marcus Yope? <laughs> Yope, when they look at the Brian Finnegan. Oh, the Brian Finnegan the tune in, in what's can. Yeah, so they, they go, oh, who's that? Yeah, so they, they might choose to look it up, but generally they don't, don't know, or they think it's Austria. That's, That's yes. another That's one. They go, no, I'm not going to Austria, I'm going to Asturias. So you could be going to Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 then there's well, there's a few things going on. One, there's the what, how we were sold Spain in England. So mm-hmm. there was Spain. But it's, it's, it's well, the way that Spain sells itself yeah, well, everywhere. There's, there's the, so it's not. There's the Spain is different thing that we were sold mm-hmm. 70s and 80s, 90s. Yeah. Paella and flamenco, which is all wonderful. But yeah. And there was a, there was there was arguments that there is a specificity to why that was done, but that's probably for another day mm-hmm. to do politics. Um, so that's what we know about Spain. It's it's one united culture, which people don't understand that there's different countries within the country. Um, so th- there's that bit. And then also there's the, the issue or difficulty of where Asturias sits within the Celtic nations. So certainly, for example, 
um, Pan-Celtic Festival, not the Inter-Celtic, but the Pan-Celtic Festival. Mm-hmm. It was in Letterkenny when I was living there a couple of years that it was there. And it's a great festival, but it doesn't include Asturias and Galicia because they're not uh, Gaelic-based no. languages. And that's that's their criteria. And, th- and there's been attempts to, uh, inc- to be included, but they were at various points over the years rejected. Um, so it sort of sits, it doesn't sit in with that, but then it sits in with the inter-Celtic stuff, the Lorian stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's got this strange relationship in terms of the, this world, of whatever this world of Celtic countries is. Yeah. I, I was going to ask you of your opinion of that, but I'm, maybe it's going like too off, I don't know, because Celtic, uh, it's a marketing thing, it's just, a, it's, it, it, is there something that can... That's legitimate. I don't know. I don't well, really this is part of my consi- considerations. One, the question I'm looking at right now is: Is there a, looking at aesthetic, sort of cultural underpinnings, and looking at whether there's a Celtic aesthetic in music, whatever that is, our national aesthetic, which is very controversial in Asturias, because um, term whether you're talking about Spanish nationalism or Asturian nationalism, European nationalism or internationalism. So, but um, the Celtic thing, yeah, there are a number of different opinions uh, about what it is, how it's come about. Some people say it's a marketing thing, it's an economic-driven. Uh, some there are, there are academic theories around that it was Franco actually encouraged it because it, it, it shifted people's um, attention away from the new song movement, the protest song. If, if, if people were mm-hmm. um, doing Irish Celtic stuff on the swirling mists and knots, it, they, they weren't talking about being angry about um, political liberty. So there's, there's that idea, which is an, an interesting thing. It's not my idea. But it's mm-hmm. one that I'm considering. So yeah, and then there's the others who the sort of a romantic revival people from the 19th century who started a lot of this Celtic stuff, who start saying we want a, a different identity. So it's a number of things. Uh, uh, it's complex and it's hard to condense down into a, in, into a conversation. So, but uh, uh, some these things, some of them thing, these things are about self-definition. De- uh, I can see some correlations, but then some people argue that there's no correlations, or it's an inventing. Yeah, I, I actually don't really care too much about it, but but I I find it useful, especially if it's explaining to other people who are yeah. like uh, they don't know about this. So they 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 look like you, if you have like a label like Celtic music, they 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 think oh I know what that is. Mm. So it's useful. I don't really mind too much if there's a legitimacy thing uh, yeah. there or not, but it's useful. It's clear that the music's played that. Uh, a chunk of the music that played is played now has an influence from other Celtic countries mm-hmm. that had their revival slightly earlier because not slightly big, quite earlier well quite earlier because <laughs> of Franco here and yeah. you know the, the, everything was developed later because you didn't have democracy and um, so yeah it, it, it followed that so there's clear that there's an influence from that revival people love um, Tanhill Weavers are one who yeah. reference and then and I think they were a big influence for Jan de Kubel. Yeah, they were. Uh, and then a lot of the musicians started looking to what was going on with Phil Cunningham and Silly Wizard and, and then some of the Irish groups that were coming up. So, uh, Bothy Band, mm-hmm. Planksy, all that kind of stuff. So those influences and the, uh, the, the ornamentation um, is, is clearly, you can see the influence. And then there's obviously the influence from the pipe bands because um, mm-hmm. the pipe yeah. bands were cop were copied from Scotland. Totally. Uh, There's no so question the un- of that. Yeah, so the, so the, and, uh, it's all invented at some point. Yeah. So, um, so you, can, you, can, you can see that. And then there's a little bit of a movement in some parts here to being a, a sort of a more pure, more authentic, away from this Celtic. I think a couple of people said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not Celtic. 
I, it's something that experimented. I think one person pointed at the <clears throat> pipes case, and it had mm-hmm. loads of Lorien into Celtic Festival yeah. uh, stickers. He said in the eighties and the nineties, that's where I was at, and that's what I was expressing myself because I was trying to formulate an identity post-transition. That's the transition from to democracy from Franco. But it said, no, now I'm no, I'm a historian, and a reflection of that is a movement towards perhaps less Irish or Scottish and even um, ornamentation and there's some movement towards looking at uh, moving the pipes <laughs> away in terms of, you know, there was a move to make the pipes the, 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 the pipes less shrill perhaps or I'm not an expert on the pipes but mm-hmm. I'm just ob- this is what I'm being um, I told him Marisa so <clears throat> there's obviously influences and but it's, we're, I think we're in a position of transition here in the stories You've talked about something that I, that I find very interesting and very very valuable, I think, because uh, you've, uh, your first, first contact here was through, you know, people who, uh, like me and, peop- and my friends yeah. and people who are, like, in the folk scene, in, la- in yeah. the, the uh, traditional but more, like, progressive, the, the band mm-hmm. scene. And, but but you, haven't, uh, you haven't stayed there. You, you've gone to everyone, I think. I've you've tried to, to meet everyone. Few. I've had a look at, yeah, you have to look at the whole picture and you have to listen to a different perspective and... Everyone has been so friendly and welcome here. Please come to Astorias. Don't, don't, not in your millions, because I, I love it. I like my little secret, but do come here. And everyone is so welcoming. And they all have, the, the various people have different perspectives. The more traditionalists, the people who are saying, well, this is how we do it. The people who come from a dance background, so you get people saying, no, the music, we're moving back towards the dance, and the dance is the mm, real that's, source. That's and then true. you get the other people who say, no, it's the tonada, and we, we, that's where the melodies are coming from. And that's what. The, where the emphasis should be. That's the heart of the music. So there's mm-hmm. different people saying different things, but you have to go and look at those things. And everyone's welcoming, but it's... You, I think my one of my supervisors, Faye Heald, hello, Faye, uh, said just um, keep friends with everyone if possible. Mm-hmm. And it's a good way to live your life anyway, but, you know, d- you've got to listen to everyone's perspective. So it's... it's I'm, I'm getting there. Can you try and explain Tonada to someone who hasn't uh, heard it? Whoa, right. It, it, yeah. That's the, the traditional, the, the, the traditional most traditional singing here. So, uh, yeah. let's, let's see what I understand so far. It is generally is a, a man or a woman singing a song. There might be some similarities, I feel, in terms of context, uh, uh, with perhaps Shano singing mm-hmm. in Ireland, so there's the big songs, you know, um, and uh, the, they can sing solo or they sing with pipes. That's a tradition too, singing old pipes. So you need some lungs to do that. Um, the music structure would be fairly slow, and uh, there'd be quite a lot of what you might call melisma. Mm-hmm. It's a musicological term, but that uh, that's uh, it. The thing that you hear in Shano singing, you hear in Arab stuff, you know, you hear in, which is an influence in Spain anyway, you know, because of the more. So there's there's that. Um, it's obviously sung in in Asturias. It's sung in Asturiano or Asturiana mm-hmm. or Bable or depends who you're talking Dep- to. Perfect. There's another. That's the it. language politics is very interesting too here, and then it's sung in. I think it's sung in other places too so uh, but it's 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 particular and it's I think it's very much in the people's hearts so even even if they're not mad into it it's a little bit like they if people are not into the scene in terms of pipes or dancing they'll still have an affection for tonada and pipes I think the woman in the bakery today this morning I sp- it was about pipes I was chatting to her in Avilés and she said I love the pipes but not all the time 
<laughs> that's so that's a perfect <clears throat> definition. <clears throat> so I think, but the point being, it's in, in people's hearts. So a, an example would be of that. Say, if you go to sort of the big fiestas and they've got this uh, this phenomenon called pachanga. <laughs> pachanga. It's like it's like. the equivalent. It's not quite. But it's the equivalent of show bands having a big truck. Show bands in Ireland, yeah. right? Well, so that that would be. They would cover the everything. Uh, show bands <laughs> in the sixteen seventies. I think it's a pretty f- a similar phenomenon in terms that they could do rock. They could do high camp disco. I've seen doing. <laughs> then they'll sing a tonada. Yeah, that's 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 something that uh, that we didn't uh, used to have, but in recent years it's been like it's coming back to that to even that place. Yeah. So that you have the the more modern like the top forty songs yeah. and <coughs> played by a band there. Yeah, and you know lots of singers and having you know good time dancing for the people. But but you, you know it's not like the music that you go uh, to look for because you like the no. band. It's like the hits it's of the, everyone. It's the greatest, but the point the point being but is that. The, the the point being to demonstrate the place in people's hearts about tornada is that in the greatest hits they'll stick some tornada songs in. Um, certainly, so that that will be there. It won't be a purist's no, and, style and it, at all. No, it will happen like anecdotically, <coughs> like once, maybe, yeah. maybe. So, but it's but, it, but it's always it's there. there. And, and 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 now uh, from some years now, you if you go to the you have we have tornada contests here yeah. like all year round, <coughs> and. Uh, You know the people who go uh, to see it as an audience. Mm-hmm. It's not young people in general, but they are there every week. Yeah, they are there all the time. It, and uh, there is there is a there is a it's a small following, but it, there is a following in terms of like, for example, on a story in television, RTPA, they have mm-hmm. various programs. That uh, one was with Ishmael. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's uh, I think now it's Cantadera. Yeah. And uh, so there are young people doing it as well as old people. Mm-hmm. So you've got, um, I think, Ishmael, um, who's uh, one of the television presenters, uh, showed me a video the other day of an eight-year-old singing, Phenomena. Oh, it's just like, and uh, uh, played a recording from, I think it was 1914, 1915 or something, a very, very old recording of a similar song, and then the eight-year-old doing it. So there is sort of a lineage, that, and that that's kept going, I think mm-hmm. it's wavered in terms of, popularity but it's there it's on the television it gets lots of hits people are interested in it in terms of um, hits in terms of looking at facebook for example or, or youtube rather so there is a, there is an interest in it um but it's uh, it's uh, peculiar to spain but there are sort of commonalities across other i know that you've listened uh, at least since you've come back you've listened to mariluf cristobal yes because that's like a, a, a Totally traditional. She's probably the best singer in my opinion, right? Because that's she's the one that I like best. Yes. Yeah. But she's been doing uh, a couple of uh, albums now. She's done a couple of albums. Like uh, she sings and then lets the musicians do whatever they want with the music. You said, I think you sent me a link for that. What, there was one uh, probably was Ruben. It, was it? No, Ruben, Ruben did. <laughs> Ruben, Ruben who's been playing in Belfast. Uh, Yes. Quite a lot in the lot last ten years, maybe he's Ruby. played with um, John with John McSherry and yeah. people, yeah, Sylvain Barou and yeah. people. Like. So and he's yeah, he's Ruben's a famous he's the famous person we have he's here, got, and he's got a Belfast accent. Which yeah, is he's he's, so he's, uh, he's an Asturian with a Belfast yeah. accent. So uh, a top man, but he sent me some lovely links, and it was um, Mara Christabel, and beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then it's got a slightly modern twist. She has enough strength and comfort and confidence in her own tradition. To do the straight tonada mm-hmm. and then add some electronic, I think there's some electronica in it for one of the tracks, which was beautiful. 
I, I find it it's really beautiful and and it's true to the tradition. It's totally mm -hmm. true to the tradition because the the material you're starting with is totally traditional. Yes, it's what she sings, and there's nothing else. And then yeah. they add something. And uh, I, I I think that's something that uh, requires a lot of um, good taste. Yes, because it's very easy to to do it wrong. I, th I think again, if, if, if for people who are not familiar with this, but might be more familiar with um, the Chanel singing, mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of similarities where people have gone off and experimented a bit, or add, added bits on, or um, put some synthesizers to the big songs, um, uh, or for example, Johnny Buggy, who's I think he's American-based uh, Chanel singer, does Chanel and country, which mm -hmm. isn't interesting, but he he would still be able to sing pure Chanel. So as things similar thing, lots of things have tried things, added things, done things to it, orchestrated it, put electronica to it. But she's got great taste, is the I think. Mm -hmm. that here in Asturias, we have a, a big, uh, like a horrible track record about doing uh, things wrong. So we've been doing like you know the cheesy <laughs> thing quite a lot. I'll let you make that comment. Although <laughs> people who know me in England know I like a bit of cheese too. So that's no, what, I like. That's why I, I like the pachanga. I was listening to pachanga the other night when it was. I like it when, it, when it's intentional. When yeah, you yeah, are yeah. doing things that you, you know they are bad yeah. because you like that and because you're laughing and your friends yeah, yeah, are yeah. laughing. Oh, but yeah. then there's people who say, look at what I did. This is wonderful. And yes, you say, yeah. no, it isn't. And it's not like a, a, a taste thing yeah, yeah, because yeah. music is so subjective. No? Yes, you, you yes, can, yes. But there's a, a, a pretty uh, like definite line when you say, okay, this is not good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and yeah. when you the, the the good thing is when you're starting with a, a true ma true material, this is totally traditional and totally legitimate. And then they do it with good taste and and good musical capabilities. Mm. I don't know if I am speaking. <laughs> well, no, I think I have to say, uh, I think it is subjective, and I have to say some of my favorite all-time traditional Irish music, for example, and some of my favourite musicians have done things to the music that at the time I thought were the most beautiful thing and I listened to it obsessionally. And then when you go back to it, you go, uh, like the 80s, for example, is quite a bit Yeah, but that happens here. And, and you go, uh, and then you sort of reassess it, you know. So it, it, it's quite subjective. I, I found that mm. here with bands, especially in the beginning. Uh, you, you listen to a CD and you have this uh, sort of uh, distorted memory yes uh, of it being very good and now you have uh, it's been like 20 years mm -hmm. listening to this kind of music and then you listen to it after like five years mm -hmm. of not having listened to it and uh, you notice this is out of time like they're playing out of tune and uh, but the concept is still good so yeah, yeah, yeah. so that's everything's forgiven yes yeah. and 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 it I always say that uh, it helps the those who come be, uh, after because mm -hmm. you have to make the mistakes. Of course. And may maybe others make the mistakes for you. And yeah. then you know that was a mistake, so you don't do it. Yeah, or, and or they were perfectly okay and not mistakes at the time. Yeah. That, do you that, know what I mean? But just taste changes. Yeah. So uh, people do stuff with high skill, but you kind of go, oh. Or well, technology's changed, so for example, maybe some of the synths that might have been used in the 80s, and people go, oh, I'll stick that in because that sounds fantastic. Yeah. And then you might think, oh, that's a bit... But that's the same as when you listen to, like, 80s music with yeah. uh, drum machines instead yeah, yeah. of, if, of yeah. regular drums and the, the, yeah, yeah. the keyboard yeah. sounds, yeah. which yeah. you would now never use. No. But that's the same in, in, in traditional music, I think. Oh, folk music, like the Celtic 
scene or folk mm-hmm. bands. Mm-hmm. But I think it's the same. It's more or less. I think. So uh you've been here now for what, three weeks? Four, four week, four weeks. So that's a four? long time, and you still are not tired of us. Uh, no, <laughs> no, I am. We are going. I've came with my family, um, and my two children, my wife, and um, who make it possible. And uh, we're going to go away for a few days and break because it's quite intense. Because most of the interviews have been in Spanish, <laughs> and I went away and learned my Spanish. And thanks to the University of Sheffield Spanish Languages Department, amazing. I've got two, one Irish and two Asturian Spanish teachers. So uh, they they set me up well for here and uh, so I've managed to do most of the interviews in Spanish uh, but yeah that that I have to say like, there was mm-hmm. one the other day which was five hours long well, that's too much and I had to go and lie in a dark room we won't be recording for that long no, today. no 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 so, <laughs> so yeah four weeks I'm going to have a little break and then come back and go and meet a couple of people that I uh, want to see and even on the break we're going to go up to the border of uh, Asturias and Galicia yeah, yeah. there's a couple of areas where you sort of get into the particularly around uh, linguistics, politics, yeah. and identity politics, about mm-hmm. whether it's a story in Galicia. It was uh, quite interesting. That yeah, sort there's of a, uh, like, uh, uh, you can, I, mean, I don't want to start no, no, saying no. like no. things because I, I will mess them up because I don't really, I, w- I was going to say I don't really care about if Asturian is a language or not. I yeah. just think it's culture. It doesn't matter if you call it the language, mm-hmm. if you call it the dialect, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's valuable. Yes. And that's fine with me. For me as an academic, the, the, yeah. the different opinions are, are, are important and the, 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 the legislative context of language and culture, I think, uh, are important yeah, in terms are. of the development they of are. music. So someone used in terms of, without disrespect to all the people who are teaching in, 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 in conservatories, etc. here, I asked, was there a, an organisation similar as EFTAS in England or Cultus Cultura in Ireland. Mm-hmm. One of the musicians said, no, it is a disorganisation. There's no organisation. <laughs> no organisation, disorganisation. So, but it, it's, it, it's, it's quite important, that stuff, because in Asturias, uh, unlike other areas in Spain, Asturias doesn't have... It has, it's difficult to describe about secondary autonomous status. The language doesn't have status, and then there's disagreements about whether the language uh, exists or not. And then... Um, or should exist as an official thing and taught in schools, and then you've got the issue that it's a smaller population. So there are a whole load of things around that that lead on to funding and development and uh, the impact on traditional or folk music or Celtic music um, some of the time. So that that's why I'm interested, but I wouldn't expect you to uh, <laughs> comment on no, it. So I'm yeah, so that's so we yeah so we've been, I've been here a, f- a few weeks and I'm. I've got another two years because I'm doing it two years of investigating and then another two years of writing up because I'm doing it part time because uh-huh. um, I'm with my children most of the week. Which is they, they help. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So they help. So, um, so, so I've got plenty of time. I'm going to come back on my own for sort of short trips and the wonders of technology. Um, able to use Skype and FaceTime and email and share music, which I've been doing already. So, for example, I'm going to have a conversation with someone in America who's done a PhD on flute playing and story. So, uh, I don't need to go and see them yeah. and have that conversation. Mm-hmm. So, um, for six weeks in total, I'll be here, and then uh, it's time to go home. After that, which I'm a bit sad about. Yeah, but, but, but you won't be staying there too long, I think. You're going to Lorient Festival in well, France. I've got f- yeah, I've got a few things to go back to. Number one. Uh, I'm Going to a very musical wedding, which I always like. That's Some of my great. folk friends are getting married, so there'll be great tunes, great dancing. 
Uh, my wife's a great dancer and musician, and she's dancing at Cambridge Folk Festival, which is a big festival mm-hmm. in, in England this year. So I'm on uh, looking after the children duty and uh, having mm-hmm. beers and tunes. So there's some great music there. So there's loads from Manchester going. So there's Michael Goldrick's bands playing. Uh, Afro-Celt Sound System, who have a fantastic vocalist, Manchester-based vocalist called Rina Connolly, now mm-hmm. in the new album. Go and have a listen to that. It's fantastic. I haven't yet. So yeah, so Rina's amazing. She's from my mind. She's a great Shannon singer, great blues singer. She's in a group called Breathe as well, so go and have a listen to them. Um, so there's loads from Manchester going to Cambridge this year, so they'll be good tunes. Then I've got to go in. I'm doing an album at the moment. My mm-hmm. I want to talk album. about that. Uh, yeah. Spend a little bit of time on that. And then I'm going to Lorient. Um, to the Inter-Celtic Festival and I'm mm. going to hang out in the Astorian tent Now you, you will be able to survive Four days well, Four days I, I, I lasted the whole festival last year uh, so you can you yeah, can do well, four days I, I think I can do four days and Guillermo who's looking mm-hmm. after the festival tent and organize, he's promised to uh, make sure I behave myself and uh, behave appropriately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he's uh, first. Uh, he he arranges concerts here, and he mm. he's in charge of the studio and tent, and he plays in band. He's he, I actually was well. in a band with him long time mm. ago, mm. so he's a good guy. Good guy's been very helpful to me, and uh, yeah. So uh, so I'm off to Lauren do some participant observation, watching, playing. I might actually be doing a gig, but that's. <laughs> Some, that's that's something else so uh, separate and then once Lorian's finished coming back and then going back into the studio and getting on with my album yeah, can you talk a little bit about your album why did you decide to do it what's it about well um, the working title is Dr Dalrymple's Fancy a voyage along the Atlantic arc from Sligo so you're doing a progressive rock album then. Like the, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the working title anyway, Dr. Dower Impulse, my wife Sarah and uh, uh, and just someone said uh, what was it oh yeah I put, I, I put something on uh, about doing the album and um, I, t- I tweeted and a friend of mine from Manchester Mancunians have got very similar uh, humour to Astorians it's pretty self-deprecating and uh, okay, I like that yeah and so uh, one of my friends uh Pat said to me, you've got awful fancy since you went to Yorkshire. <laughs> <laughs> so the fancy thing stuck. So anyways, yeah, so uh, I, I decided to do an album. It's all, almost like a calling card and uh, just to where I'm at. Actually, the inspiration came from earlier this year. I took part in a thing called the Sean O'Reader Gold Medal Competition. Ooh. Now, uh, Sounds important. <laughs> it is important. Sean O'Reader is a very famous Irish yep. composer. Uh, was pretty instrumental in terms of the revival, bringing Irish music into educational establishments in terms of the degree, the degree in Cork. Uh, was founded Coltori uh, Coolin, and uh, that was the predecessor to the chieftain, so pretty instrumental. Anyways, his son, who, Pedro Reda, who's a composer and broadcaster, and his daughter, who's, Leith, who's uh, an, a member of the European Parliament, um, and family decided to set up a, an award to um, remember the father, but also as not quite an antidote, but as a, a as a, a different perspective on on Irish music, because even though their father and uh, was involved in education, uh, uh, there was a concern that in competitions, particularly run by Coltus and other organisations, that uh, technicality was was amazing. Uh, but some some of the soul of the music was disappearing, and there are a lot of uh, 
musicians in the past who were revered, such as Peter Horan or Jim Donahue or some of the real... Or, or uh, Tim Whistle player from Doolin. Oh, my gosh. My memory's going. Anyway, it's hmm. Michael Russell. So a lot of okay. the old guys who would have been had very unique styles wouldn't have done the master's degree and wouldn't have won the All-Ireland. But they were national treasures yeah. and very valuable because they were unique. So they, they have to be if I know them. Yes. Coming from... Thousand yeah. kilometers away. So the, yeah, so very very important musicians who did their own thing, and uh, so they set up this competition to encourage people to uh, play in their own style and acknowledge this. And I think there's 25 gold medals over a period of years. That's all they're gonna and beautiful medals uh, that they're gonna award. So that what they do is they uh, a friend of mine um, said, "Why didn't you ever go to it?" I'd never heard of it actually. And um, I did. I sent, sent in some recordings, and it's anonymous. So the three judges don't know who That's the great. judges do. It's actually too good to be so, true. So it's anonymous, so they can't, if you're a member of a famous family or you're connected, or there's mm-hmm. none of that. So the yeah. three judges who were amazing was Mary Bergen. Okay. Was yeah. player. I actually met her a couple of years ago in Catharis. Yeah, what a lovely woman. She's lovely. lovely. And she uh, plays wonderfully. Yes. So on a she's generation so, so Tim Whistle. Yeah. That's, that's great. So simple. Yeah. And that's perfect. So she's fabulous. And then Patsy Hanley, who's a lovely flute player from Roscommon area. Uh, and who else was there? Oh, Mick O'Connor, who's a flute player from Dublin, from an old, old traditional family. And uh, so they were sent the, the, a number of recordings, and they shortlisted people who they liked, and I happened to be one of them, which was great. Yeah. So uh, it was Aoife Granville, great flute player and singer from, who teaches at Newcastle from Kerry and she said have a go I think you do so I did have a go and then I got, we got flew over to Ireland and uh, another flute player from America Sean Gavin who I recommended who I recommend uh, he flew over from America and then there's a few of us we all played we had a wonderful weekend playing whistles flutes uh, finals broadcast live on Irish Language Radio Radio on the Geltot Sean Gavin won I'm not bitter Sean <laughs> but it was, it was a lovely weekend and and won two grand so it was very nice oh, prize that's great uh, but it was really lovely it gave me a lot of confidence and then the day after the competition they had uh, a day of workshops with record companies and industry people and performing rights and all those things that musicians of, often neglect yeah. so it gave me lots of food talk for to thought. me about that <laughs> yes so it is important a lot of food for thought and um, people uh, uh, over, over the last year people had, or a couple of years had said why don't you record an album or we like your flute playing um, you're quite quirky or different or very old school or dirty player they might yeah. call me in London in the <laughs> 70s which is it's not really smooth it's you know and that's how I like to play um, so I thought yeah why not I'll go and do it so I did that and uh, I thought I'd go about it and then I was having a conversation actually Michael McGoldrick got in contact with me because a friend of his wanted their daughter to learn the flute so he messaged me and said do you fancy doing it uh, and so I said, yeah, fine, I would do, because this person's in Sheffield. Um, and then I said, oh, I'm thinking about doing an album. You know, any recommendations for studios? And he said, well, there's mine. So he's got a small studio, and he only does stuff he likes doing. So he does his own albums. And then he did uh, an album with Emma Sweeney, who's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I, I think I've heard it. Yeah, it's a really, she's, really she's got only one Just album. one album. So Fiddle, I've heard fantastic. it, yeah. yeah. I've and heard it, yeah. John Joe Kelly, it. and mm-hmm. I think Boyd's on it, and you know, through the, the sort of... 
that sort of group of people. Yeah. Play with Michael and Manchester around Manchester. No, we don't know them. They are they are horrible people. Yeah, don't no. listen to them. No, no, no. Anyway, so don't he, kill he me if you come by here. No. <laughs> so he, he he did that one, and he also produced one by Kevin Madden, who's a really good fiddle player who I played with in bands with, and who got me playing again a few years ago, and I took a bit of a break for a while. So uh, Mike said, "I'll do it." be something different and they're sort of quite pleased so uh, oh, that's great that was great and uh, he's also got good taste and also a known well enough that say that's good or not good because he wouldn't let anything out that was good rubbish so yeah that's good so I went about it I've done some um, basic guide tracks and recordings um, fitting it in when I can around all this and um, the first track of there's a video I recorded with the Lathe Revival, which is a great project in Newcastle, who restore old le- vinyl lathes and uh, record and do various projects. They do live performances, they record old 1920s and 30s bands, uh, they do some, all sorts of stuff. Great project. And it's an old friend of mine who wanted to work with, who was the person who sent me the Tejador album. Originally, <laughs> so everything Lorna comes together. Fulton. Oh, everything comes together. God bless Lorna Fulton, fantastic director of Soul Festival. So, uh, and Lorna said, right, yeah, come on then. So uh, me and a lad called Paul Daly, who's a great flute player from Balahudri, we learned from the same teacher, and a fiddle player from Newcastle uh, called Amanda Lewis. We went up to Newcastle and we recorded You Only Get One Chance with a Vinyl Lady. Mm-hmm. It's straight, it's old school, it's just straight to vinyl. So we did that and we videoed it. So there's a little video, um, if anyone wants to see it, we can stick it somewhere. Uh, oh, yeah, www.trad. Dad.com. Dad. That's my blog that I, I put. That's a great name. Yes. I'm it's, a dad and I'm trad. So that's a great name. Yes. So. It's a little bit cheesy. It is. I think it's like you, like you want cheesy. it. I'm cheesy. You like that one. Yeah. I like that. I yeah. saw it today. Uh, uh, those kinds of things are the, 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 the typical things that I see and say, oh, I guess I have thought about that. Yeah, not, yeah, yeah. I'm not a dad, so I wouldn't have used it. But yeah. it's like, okay, trad dad. I see what you did there. I see what I did there because <laughs> I could shoehorn all my interests yeah. into one place. So. <laughs> anyway, so that was it. So um, uh, there's a video on there of us doing that. So that was the first track. Um, and it's a little bit of a theme. So it's a, uh, uh, what's the word? It is a bit of a reflection on what I've done so far. So there's a bit about Manchester. So there's, a, there's, there's, there's this imagined lathe revival thing of what the old guys from Sligo who came to Manchester in the 50s would have done, which is that it was brought their old cheap German wooden flutes that have stuck it in a bucket of water until they all swelled up and all the cracks were full <laughs> and then they'd rasp into a load of tunes. So that's what the video that I did conjures up. Then the next few tracks are going to be playing with some old friends who I grew up with, Hands um, of Durkin and a few others. And uh, Michael McGold is going to play in that as well. So some of the old tunes that might not be fashionable anymore that but we played in the 70s and 80s in Manchester. So playing a few of them. There's some music from Sheffield, so I'm playing with my neighbour, who's a cellist, so, mm-hmm. who uh, I used to meet going up to the school with the kids. She's played with Richard Hawley and Kate Rusby and okay. uh, Charlatans, and she played with them. Anyway, she's not a folky, and she's not used to learning by ear, so I've made her learn a track by ear, and we've rehearsed it, so when I get back, we're going to record so you're, that. You're, you're preaching now. Preaching a bit, yeah. <laughs> well, we've met in the middle, so she said yeah, I'd like to great. do that, so it's that's an great. interesting experience. So there's that. Which is, and then there's some of the Sheffield stuff that I've done, and then there's going to be an, some Astorian, uh, an Astorian singer, which I will. Uh, okay, can't, that's. I good. can't say is who. But no, I, no, you don't have I to. Met, I met someone, uh, an amazing singer, who just blew me away, and uh, I just it's like, oh gosh. Just a, a hint, it's not me. It's not. It's <laughs> not Alberta, but Alberta has agreed to play. 
on the, on it. So uh, <laughs> we're how we're we gonna, can manage. I'm going to have a go. At, I'm going to have a go at a couple of historian tunes. But as I know, uh, very often people are not historian. Apart from Simon Bradley, uh, <laughs> he's a historian. He's a historian, really. Via Manchester, yeah. Via, via in a show Ben-Bekula. via Edinburgh, and he's in Benbecula now. Anyway, so yeah, he's interesting. Another Mancunian Irishman. Um, so yeah, then we d- we don't always get it right. So I'm going to have a go anyway, and you can choose. It's the to same as as we historians playing Irish music. Yeah, you don't get it right, even if you think you do. Yeah, but so you know, I so don't get it right. I'm I'm I'm, I'm going to give it a go anyway. So yeah. that's the end of it. So it's a little bit of a. An Atlantic arc, you know, it's sort of Sligo, Manchester, and then we end up at Sheffield, and then we end up in Astoria. Yeah, it's so like a long way, but yeah. the, the trip is well worth, I think. Yes, So, <laughs> and, it, and it has been well worth it. I've uh, had an amazing time. So that, that's the album. I probably won't ever do one again, but we'll see. <laughs> and, uh, so when's that going to come out, do you think? You know, oh, you have a, like a... End of the year, I would like, uh, but I've got quite a lot to do in my PhD, and... Yeah, so it just depends. So it's children first, then PhD, and then PhD, then album, and then then living like a normal person. <laughs> yeah, so I love them all, and uh, just got to be realistic about it. And it also depends with Michael Goldberg as well because he's a okay. touring Martin here. That must be really good that he's doing like these kind of projects because he now can can do whatever he wants. I think. Within reason. Within reason, I know. Might tell him. Okay, but yeah. So, uh, but that's that's the, the, that's always that way. You yes. know, they they are the ones who 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 really you know they say how things go even if we don't want to I, I do admit it. I'm told. <laughs> I'm but um, yeah, he's, he's just very busy, uh, Michael, and uh, so it is really good that he's he's doing it. And uh, yeah, so I'm delighted to be okay. uh, working with him. <laughs> We've been um, talking for quite a long oh, time. Wait, I thought it was going to be wow, but it's been really interesting. So um, just to before we go, uh, can you tell everyone if you if they want to reach you, if they yes. you know how so follow you track that dot com? The, the, be, the that. best way. Well, so I've just got my Facebook page, Michael Walsh Music's page, but uh, just go on to www.traddad.com and it has videos and it's got links to my YouTube and it's got updates on my academic work and also it's got updates on my music and also Tuesday which I've just recorded but that's another thing I, I work with uh, Whitby Folk Week which is a not-for-profit folk festival um, in Yorkshire which is my wife's family I've been going to for 50 years and I've been going and decided I wanted to add a bit of an Irish flavour and then maybe an Australian flavour in the future <laughs> so I record uh, musicians around the place and stick them up and uh, on YouTube and so there's that stuff Tuesday and you've recorded one thank you yeah and I probably butchered everything no, trying to explain what they w- the tunes were but that's yeah so that's where you can get me traddad.com that's great well thanks a lot for agreeing to do this and okay. thanks for being like my guinea pig for this because yeah. I've never done one in English hopefully people won't hate me <laughs> speaking they definitely won't hate you much as because it's been you. really interesting and I'm glad you've been here these days and I'm glad you've had a good time and, and I hope you keep having good times here nos vemos of course nos vemos hasta luego hasta luego bye, bye.